The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, RJ here. Ooh, dog, we got a world premiere. Day after the Super Bowl, you might think, ah, take a break. No, 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 no. Not Brad Powers with all that college knowledge. We got a new two-day-a-week podcast show that's going to be in our main feed. Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. Monday morning is going to look at the big games. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then Friday morning, the weekend. Mostly Saturday and Sunday, but there may be TV Friday games. We'll see. So two editions a week, 40 to 60 minutes is going to be the estimate. Brad Powers and A.J. Hoffman. You may remember A.J. was on one of the Radio Row pods we did for fighting. I can't remember which fight. it. Oh, it was the uh, it was Triple G's fight against Canelo, number two. We did a pod. With AJ, but he is from ESPN Houston, the number one drive time afternoon show in Houston on ESPN. And you think a radio guy? Come on, RJ. Well, here's how I'm going to prove to you that he's not on because he's a radio guy. Brad's hosting. So AJ's on as the subject matter expert. He knows college basketball. It's going to be interesting because you guys know. I don't, Brad's not going to hear this, but you guys know. He may, but who cares? Brad's an ego guy. You know, it's it's what got him off the farm. And sometimes he gets exploited by me with that, with our bets. But most of the time, it's a good thing. It means he isn't going to let someone beat him or he's going to try everything not to let someone beat him. And AJ's going to be competitive with knowledge. So I think those two battling when it comes to who has the most college knowledge is going to be fascinating. So listen, if you're not a big college basketball person, probably not worth listening to, at least till March Madness. But if you even, if you bet CBB or if you have a avid interest in CBB, this baby is going to be something to listen to. Now remember, it's going to be a work in progress. So not that it's not going to be good, immediately today but when it comes to the format one thing i'm going to suggest to these guys is starting the show with the picks all the big games because then if they go into other topics i think some of you will just listen to the picks and choose not to listen to the rest but boy i think the picks are going to interest anyone that even watches college basketball so overnight monday morning Available every week through the end of the season and overnight Friday. And remember, feedback, baby, feedback. Brad Powers is producing the show. He's hosting the whole thing. So it's at Brad Powers 7. Let him know what you like. Let him know what you don't like. I'll be, now come March Madness, I'll be jumping on. Also, we'll be talking, the the other pod every week will be the main dream preview. And that comes out Thursday morning. And then now that we're moving towards the non-football season, we'll be having special pods, interviews, etc. Make sure you subscribe. And here we go. On to the show. 
You heard it. The Dream Podcast College Basketball Edition. I'm Brad Powers. He's A.J. Hoffman. We'll have A.J. You know, give a little quick bio since uh, you're probably a little bit more familiar with me than, than A.J. But here's what the Dream Podcast College Basketball Edition is going to be all about. Basically, guys, it's going to be coming your way twice a week. So we're going to record every Sunday night. And actually, this first one we're recording a little early because there's a, a game that's called, I think, the Super Bowl. Uh, that's making I think us it's the big every, game. Yeah, record this one a little bit early, but normally we're going to record Sunday nights and Thursday nights. That means, guys, every Monday and every Friday morning, Monday and Friday mornings, you're going to get the podcast, the college basketball edition of the Dream Preview. We're going to go over the biggest games of the week. So with that Monday morning release, Monday through Thursday. With that Friday morning release, we'll cover the Friday night games, the big ones, and, of course, get you covered for the weekend. And on top of the biggest games each week, we'll hit on the top topics as far as, you know, Duke, how much of a favorite should Duke be against the rest of the field, major injuries, who's hot, who's not in the college basketball world. But I will say this, guys. It's going to be a work in progress to start off. We're always open to your suggestions. You can follow me at Twitter, at BradPower7. Hit me up if you have any suggestions. You can follow AJ on Twitter, AJ Hoffman. It's a, he's got a catchy Twitter handle, at AJ is the real. So open up the suggestions, work in progress. But this is the inaugural college basketball edition of the Dream Preview. And I'm going to my main man here, AJ Hoffman. First, AJ, how you doing on this Sunday afternoon? And uh, give a little bit of a, a, a bio on yourself since you're new to a lot of the listeners out there. Doing well. I'm uh, I'm excited about this opportunity with you, Brad. And I, we've had you on our show here in Houston. I host a, a drive time show here in Houston at the ESPN affiliate. Uh, I have done that for the last 10 years. I've been in radio for about 15 uh, I've been in sports betting longer than that. And uh, RJ and I have, have had a great relationship for a long time. And um, I guess finally I impressed him enough uh, that I'm not just a regular radio guy that he decided, oh, I'll give you a chance to do something with me. So so here I am in, uh, in college basketball, NFL, NCAA football, and MMA are typically the sports that, that you'll find me betting on. Uh, it, but the, college basketball is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, MMA, I think the, the folks need to know this. Uh, you stepped inside that octagon a few times. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm an old man now, but, uh, but I got to fight for some, some regional promotions down here in Texas, one called legacy, which is probably the biggest, was the biggest Southern regional, uh, uh, sort of company that was, that was putting on fights promotion. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've done that a little bit, but I followed that sport since the beginning. And, uh, I, I actually had a, a, a relationship early on with Dana White and he would, he would bring fighters on my show before really MMA had caught on. So, uh, I have been on that sport for a long time. I love that sport and I, I love to bet on it. And speaking of betting, keep in mind coming up here, uh, AJ's picks, you can get them up at pregame, uh, r- r- shortly. And again, you can follow AJ at AJ is the real on Twitter guys. Unlike if you're uh, used to the regular dream podcast nothing wrong with it sometimes we go on rants and we go a little long and it's two plus hours almost three hours this is going to be there's going to be no bones about it here we're going to hit this hot and heavy here Uh, we're going to go through the games here quickly and why not let's start off on monday night let's do this sleepy showtime Woo! all right first game on the docket here for the college basketball dream preview we're going to the acc where number 15 louisville who's going to be dropping in the ap poll when it comes out on monday they're at virginia tech the number 12th ranked Hokies. 
Uh, and guys, when we do a line here, keep in mind it's going to be projected. What we hope to come within a point or so. Uh, the beauty of doing this right now on Sunday afternoon, early line has Virginia Tech right around a six-point favorite. And I'm going to go to you, AJ. Uh, a couple of your key factors as far as this game, and uh, who do you like or lean? Well, Louisville's off a, a blowout loss uh, to North Carolina. North Carolina obviously playing really well right now. Virginia Tech's off of a, a really weird win against North Carolina State in a game that Virginia Tech played rather poorly, but NC State played historically bad. I mean, it was one of the worst performances we've seen, uh, you know, in years. Uh, Louisville has played the, the tougher schedule. They're, they're about 16th in the country. Virginia Tech about 80th. And Louisville has, has been good on the road. They have an 83-62 outright win at UNC. Uh, they've, they've been solid and that was as plus 11 dogs. They won that game by 21 points and they covered it as a road dog versus Marquette. They won outright as a road dog, uh, at Seton hall. And then they covered as a road dog at Indiana as well. Virginia tech's been unbeaten at home, but against who their best win at home this year is Syracuse, who at best is a second tier ACC team. Here's another factor for me, Brad Louisville 59th in bench scoring. Virginia Tech, 311th in bench. Uh, this, uh, Virginia Tech also struggles in adjusted tempo, 326th in the country in adjusted tempo. If it's a high-paced game, Louisville's got more bodies. That favors Louisville quite a bit. I actually like Louisville plus six. I like it especially because they're coming off the loss to North Carolina. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I'm not on the like side. I'm more on the lean side on the Louisville. But I guess one of my main takeaways is going to be if there was one game that grabbed national attention on Saturday over the weekend, it was a game involving Virginia Tech. And it was a positive, at least for Virginia Tech, and the fact that they won 47-24. to 24, Huge negative for NC State, and we'll talk about the Wolfpack here uh, in a little bit. But a lot of times you maybe get some overreaction to that. And I think we'll get some overreaction to what we just saw from both of these teams. The other big game over the course of the weekend, Louisville losing at home. Money came in against Louisville in that game against North Carolina. You know, it was was a home run spot for North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina looked and played like they had revenge against Louisville, played with their hair on fire. And uh, I didn't downgrade Louisville that much from that game. Similarly speaking, I didn't. I upgraded Virginia Tech from the NC State game, but it's not like you know I upgraded them three, four points for, for holding a team to twenty-four. That's an outlier. NC State just had an historically bad shooting pers- uh, performance in, in that game. An NC State team that actually is known more for offense than defense. I agree with you, AJ. And guys, if you don't think AJ knows college basketball, his handicap just on the first game coming out of the uh, out of the shoots here, you can tell this guy knows his college basketball, and it is going to be a competition between me and AJ. Who has the college knowledge? Uh, I, I'll fight anyone any day of the week when it comes to college football, but basketball, I might be up against it here, guys. Again, recapping, that's a like for AJ on Louisville, and again, we're projecting the line to be right around six, and a lean for me plus the points again on Louisville. Any other closing thoughts, AJ? Not really. I, I just think that maybe we're, we're overreacting to that Louisville loss to North Carolina. Louisville's been really sharp. They've been a really tough team to beat. North Carolina may be the only team hotter than them since that since they lost to, uh, to Louisville uh, earlier. In, I guess that was back in January. I think North Carolina's won five or six in a row now. So really no shame in that loss for Louisville. Like you said, it was a big spot for North Carolina. And, and I still think Louisville is, is probably one of, one of the better teams in the country. 
Yeah, I mean, prior to that game, Louisville had ripped off the six straight wins, and the only loss North Carolina has in a 10-game stretch is that game against Louisville at home. So, again, I, if you're downgrading Louisville from that performance, I think you're making a mistake there. Both some agreement to start it off here. I'm not sure we're going to agree on every single game. Moving along, Monday night, Iowa State, who I, I think both AJ and myself believe this, I don't want to speak out of term, but maybe the best team in the Big 12. Iowa State's at Oklahoma, and we expect Iowa State to be a slight favorite. Their early line, uh, the overnight line, has Iowa State right around a one, one-and-a-half point favorite here. And uh, I'll go again to AJ, your first thoughts on this one. Yeah, 4-1 uh, and one against the spread on the road in January, Iowa State. They, the, the one that they didn't, Baylor covered by one point. That was They were a two-point dog, and, and they lost by three. Uh, they've got a win at Texas Tech, a near win at Kansas, probably the toughest home court uh, in the Big 12. O- OU, 3-3 three and three against the spread since January at home. They lost by 30 to Baylor last time they had a home game. And uh, Iowa State, they're, they're a good defensive team, and that's something that's not gone well for Oklahoma. They're, Iowa State's the 32nd-ranked uh, defensive efficiency team in the country. OU, 204th in raw offensive efficiency. So they're, they're struggling to get things going. The guards, uh, Shayok, Halliburton, Tucker, Wigginton, it's it's a lot to throw at a team, and, and OU may struggle with that. Christian James, who's OU's best player by far, three for 19 combined in their last two games at West Virginia and, and versus Baylor. I just feel like these two teams are going in opposite directions right now. Uh, I At a pick, I think I would have liked Iowa State, when we're starting to get up around two points, which is where it looks like after the weekend, that, that may be where it ends up. It's more of a lean for Iowa State. But I, I just think Iowa State, like you said, is is the best team in the Big 12. And, and they're a young team. They're, you know, Shayok, Halliburton, these guys are, are freshmen, and they're continuing to get better week in and week out. Uh, I don't see that from OU right now since conference started. Just not that great. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that, that Oklahoma started off one of the most profitable teams in the country. I mean, the, the start of the season, Oklahoma was 12-1-1 against the number. You're right since then. Uh, you haven't been making money on Oklahoma. You're 3-4-1 uh, on the Sooners. But you're going to get slight disagreement from me on this one. I'm, a, I'm on the home team, especially if I'm going to be getting points here. I, I just think this is the game for Oklahoma. Their season's going to either turn around here uh, and they're going to be more like the team uh, in November and December or it's going to spiral out of control. They're off back-to-back losses, lost on the road over the weekend against West Virginia, and then humiliated, I mean humiliated, last Monday night on this floor by 30 to Baylor, a game that I actually, sadly admit, leaned with Oklahoma in in that game. Uh, If they're going to turn around, if they're going to rally the season, this is it. Not a like for me, not a bet for me, but a lean on the Sooners. Uh, but but they're definitely up against it, especially you know when you look at the offensive efficiency numbers like AJ just mentioned, the stark contrast between these two teams. And uh, well, we'll see. Uh, a friendly little disagreement there. Any closing thoughts on that one, AJ? Yeah, closing thoughts. I, I mean, th- having a disastrous February, nothing new to Oklahoma. If you remember mm, last year, good point. One and eight straight up in February last year. And if you just look at the the schedule that's up ahead for West for uh, for, uh, for Oklahoma, they've already lost. At West Virginia in this month, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Baylor, or that's at Baylor, at TCU, home to Texas, at Iowa State. It may be another disastrous February for for Oklahoma anyway, and and all it's going to take is one or two of these losses. They're looking at the NIT, and and things can unravel in a hurry. 
And, and that's a great point because what happened with Oklahoma last year, hot start, they got the nation's leading scorer, Trey Young. Public comes in after fo- uh, football season's over, makes Oklahoma pricey. You are making money hand over fist fading Oklahoma down the stretch of the season last year. And then what probably happened heading in this year, oh, Oklahoma, they lost Trey Young. How they how can they compete? I lost a lot of money betting on Oklahoma last year. Start of the season, Oklahoma's undervalued. They make a lot of people a lot of money. Now they've been pricey. So that little storyline there sets it up. And, and again, I agree with AJ to the point that if they don't get it done here, they're up against and this would be a team I think we can make more money fading down the stretch again recapping aj lean right lean on iowa state lean for me lean iowa state if the numbers too if it's a pick or better i'll like iowa state and guys that's an important concept here uh and again with a lot of these games at least we have the overnight with this one uh numbers matter i mean the difference between the pros and the joes jimmy vaccaro said it best i think he was the first one to say it the one of the major differences pros bet numbers uh, Joe's bet team. So when AJ's mentioning, hey, uh, you know, it's a lean at this number and it's a like at this number, keep in mind every half point matters, especially as college basketball lines get sharper throughout the season. So that's a lean or Iowa State uh, for AJ and a lean on Oklahoma for me. And again, we're, we're just rolling along here. We're actually moving along to Tuesday night. Speaking of NC State and that poor performance over the weekend, and it doesn't get any easier for the Wolfpack. They're at rival North Carolina. And North Carolina, we're expecting, is going to be a double-digit home favorite here. I got the line right around North Carolina 12. And I'll take the lead here uh, on, on this one. I'm going to lean on NC State because I, I think the overall narrative is going to want to be to fade NC State after a team scores 24 points. It's the lowest for, for any ranked team in the entire shot clock era. In fact, NC State in that game against Virginia Tech over the weekend hit just 17% of their field goals. The worst mark for them in the history of the program. Any game, they have never shot worse, NC State, than what they did on Saturday night, only getting 24 points against Vatek. In fact, only 2 out of 28 from three-point range. Hell, I could do that in my underwear, waking up <laughs> groggy in the morning. Uh, guys, uh, leaning for NC State on me. It's tough fading North Carolina, a red-hot North Carolina team. We already mentioned it off a big win at Louisville uh, on Saturday. North Carolina, that's their only loss in a 10-game stretch where I think there could be some major value. So it's a lean on NC State for me, but I, I'm going to be very interested to see what this total comes at. If there's a clear overreaction to NC State's uh, performance offensively and defensively, they had a good game against Vatek. If this total comes in the mid-150s, I'm going to like the over. You look at tempo, North Carolina in the top 10 in the country in tempo, NC State's top 35 in the country. And if we get a total in the mid-150s, keep in mind, just about three, four weeks ago, these two teams met. That totals line was in the low 170s. So if we get an overreaction to the weekend, I think your best value bet is going to be the over. And again, a lean for me on NC State. What say you, AJ? Well, I agree with you on the total, first of all. I've, I've got a 158 buy price on the over in that game. So I, I do think there's going to be a massive reaction to what NC State just did because, like you said, it was a historically poor offensive performance. And North Carolina State's not a poor offensive team. They're actually a pretty decent offensive team. Uh, the, the Virginia Tech game, to me, is clearly the outlier. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the reaction is both on NC State and UNC. You know, when we when we were discussing what the line would be in this game and you said 12, 
I think it's a lean. I've got some slight disagreement with you. I'm going to go lean on North Carolina. If you would have given me a number at 10, 10 and a half, I think I might have liked North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina has played the sixth toughest schedule in the country, NC State 103. Uh, And and NC State on the road has just not been that good. Blowout loss at Louisville. Uh, They're the only team in the ACC to lose a game to Wake Forest. And what UNC did really well in the first game against North Carolina State was limit Markel Johnson, who's NC State's key guy. Uh, Four of 12 for 11 points, five turnovers in the first matchup. And if they can do that again, it's looking good for for UNC. Luke May, his last three games against uh, NC State, averaging 29 points and 11 rebounds. He owns that team. I think the line is a little bit inflated by UNC coming off their best win of the season which at Louisville and North Carolina State coming off their worst loss of the season in that embarrassing uh, embarrassing game against Virginia Tech, which is what it's going to keep me at a, a lean on North Carolina. But I, I'm with you. I do like the over uh, if, it's in the, if it's in the mid to high 150s. Yeah, and you, AJ, you mentioned uh, 10. That's what I thought the number would have probably been had Saturday not happened. So I, I do think we get in two points of inflation, not only on the NC State side downgrading them, but North Carolina also looking impressive. And the market was all over North Carolina on Saturday uh, against uh, Louisville in that game. But be careful <laughs> overreacting too much. Keep in mind, and this line was wrong. I mean, I bet North Carolina in the first meeting, but North Carolina just about a month ago was a road dog at NC State in that game. Obviously, they were the right side winning and covering outright, but uh, be careful in a month of time. Uh, these teams didn't change that much, even though the trend line for NC State's going down, that the trend line for North Carolina is going up. And, and I think people are going to really forget I mean, prior to the Virginia Tech game, NC State nearly beat Virginia outright at home. So it's not like it's been four or five game stretch here where the Wolfpack have really tanked. So to recap it, we both like the over, especially if it's priced in the 150s. Buy price for AJ's 158. I'm thinking it might come a little lower, but we'll see. Uh, Both like on the over. He's leaning with North Carolina. I'm leaning with NC State, and we expect that line Uh, to be, you know, double digits, NC State, right around a 12-point road underdog. Moving along, and here, this is going to cue you up, Sleepy. Sleepy Jay's in the house. He's producing the First Dream Podcast. I'm Brad Powers. He's A.J. Hoffman, college basketball edition here. Moving along to Tuesday, Big 12, one of the biggest games of the year already in the Big 12 is going to be this one. In-state rivalry, Kansas at Kansas State, and I have a best bet. So first and foremost, AJ, I don't know how of an avid of a listener you were for the Dream Podcast, but uh, prior to best bets, we always give a little blossom. (laughs) First initial, before I get to my best bet, initial reaction to when we just hit that song for you. Uh... I will say it threw me off a little bit. I don't know where the blo- how blossom ties in. We'll fire to up best your pad and pencil. We'll give you a piece of. Okay. Mind. All right. All right. Well, I, I'm guessing this is an RJ idea. This, this blossom is RJ. Theme, so. I'm keeping it yeah, for anyone that's an avid <laughs> follower of the Dream Podcast. I'm putting little snippets. We'll we'll put our own personal take here, but uh, yeah, I, you have the same initial reaction that I did. I didn't like it at first. Uh, uh, at all. A, l- a little bit of bef- befuddlement. Yeah, I was. I'll tell you the Maybe first time. <laughs> first I, I don't time know how ready Sleepy is. Yeah, go ahead. 
I, I don't know how ready Sleepy is, but maybe when my best bet comes up, we can try a, a different song. Okay. Well, get a, get on that, Sleepy. We'll try something different. That may throw more, me off. More that up, may throw uh, me off. Yeah, no, more, more up AJ's uh, alley there. Yeah, you had the same, and that's why I asked you, you had the same initial reaction that I did. I was like, what in the hell is this? But it's grown on me over the last couple of years. And, look, it wouldn't be a dream podcast without that, uh, to hit it for best bet. But best bet for me, I'm going to take the home team here, Kansas State, who I think will be a slight favorite. Uh, buy price for me, you know, I'm expecting the line to be minus one, but buy price for me, anything less than three, best bet for Kansas State here. I mean, the major storyline here is going to be, you know, will this be the end uh, of Kansas's dynasty run in the Big 12 regular season titles? Kansas has won 14 straight. Kansas looked the part over the weekend against Texas Tech. Big win, but that game was at the fog that was at home for Kansas where Kansas has not lost a single game all year. So Kansas has struggled this year, not so much at home compared to on the road where Kansas on the road this year has not covered, not covered yet a true road game. Oh, five and one against the number. They're only one and five straight up in true road games this year. And on the flip side, major reason for me, why this is a best bet. I don't think anyone in the big 12 is playing better basketball in Kansas state right now. Five straight wins, five straight covers in Big 12 play. A little bit of a hiccup in that SEC Big 12 challenge last Saturday, but it's also coincided this run here for Kansas State with the return of one of their best players, Dean Wade. So when you look at a full season of power rating for Kansas State, this isn't the same team that we saw a month ago when they weren't were playing without one of their best players. With Dean Wade, Kansas State much more resembles the team that made that big tournament run last year and returned a majority of those players. This is the game that Kansas State circled all year. Best bet for me for this dream uh, podcast, college basketball edition, Kansas State on Tuesday night, minus one over Kansas. What say you, AJ? Uh, you're going to get agreement from me. And, and like you said, this is a game that Kansas State at the beginning of the year circles as their biggest game of the season. I don't know that Kansas does the exact same thing when they see Kansas State on the schedule. I mean, it's obviously a, an in-state rival, but there's so much of a, a big brother, little brother type of situation there between those two schools that I, I don't think Kansas takes them quite as seriously. And Kansas State's a team that needs to be taken seriously right now. By Kansas especially. Kansas has been a mess on the road. They weren't competitive in that game at Texas. They weren't competitive in that game earlier in the season against Iowa State. They looked like they were going to be competitive against Kentucky on the road, and then they melted down in the second half. Uh, and Kansas State has some dominant home wins against good teams. TCU, Texas Tech, they blew out there at Kansas State. Kansas has not been the same team without Azabuke. And uh, yep. Oshay uh, Agbaji, is, is, he's showing some potential. Abaji, I, I'm horrible at saying that name. That's all right. But you, Oshay, you did it better I, I'll just than me. call him. Yeah, he's he's going to be good. You can see that he's going to be good, but this is a guy that two weeks ago thought he was going to redshirt, and and it's going to take a while for that experience to uh, to really get there, and, and it, adding in new players is something that it's not easy to do. Kansas already outside the top 300 in experience. Kansas State in the top 50 in experience. I'm with you here. I like Kansas State. I like the way that they're looking. I think – this is this is kind of going to put the nail in the coffin of Kansas's run of uh, Big 12 consecutive regular season titles. Possibly will, but I will say this: that is a very important record for Kansas. We we've thought many times that it would come to an end, and that they're coming out on top. It's just this team's different. Uh, I mean, they're expected to be uh, more oriented down low 
this season. They had a lot of perimeter players last year uh, without Azubuki. It's just that, you know, it's one of the weaker Kansas teams we've seen in the last decade plus. And, and Kansas the State, Big 12, go ahead. I was going to say the Big 12 is stronger than it's been in yep. the past, which is surprising because some of the teams that have perennially been been the, the powers in the Big 12, uh, besides Kansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, these teams are down. But yep. Texas Tech is obviously a, a, a legit contender. Iowa State, we mentioned earlier, Kansas State, Baylor is very good. So uh, TCU can be good on certain days. So it, it's it's a tough it's a tough battle for uh, for Kansas this season. It just doesn't look like uh, it. It's a bad bad mix for them because it's an up Big Twelve and a down Kansas team. Yeah, and the latest uh, NCAA tournament bracket uh, tautology has eight eight of the ten teams in, in the NCAA tournament. So a very well balanced league, and like you mentioned, it kind of the weaker the the usual average to below average teams are up this year. The teams, the elite teams, the elite programs, a little bit down. So uh, again, best bet recapping. Best bet for me, Kansas State minus one. Agreement from AJ. He likes the Wildcats in that game on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday. And the, the, we're going to the Big East. and But we're still going with a top 10 team in the country. We have St. John's at number 10, Marquette. We're going to project this line right around Marquette minus eight. I'll go to AJ first for this one. Yeah, this is a... a the Big East, which has normally been one of the the better conferences, and I kind of thought this year would be Villanova and everybody else, but I, I think it's Villanova, Marquette, and everybody else. So mm-hmm. it's not as uh, it's not as boggy in the middle uh, as, or I guess really the rest of the conference isn't as boggy as I thought it was. It's those two teams, and Marquette has proven to be really impressive this season. They're one of the best shooting teams in the country. Uh, I, I think that you're going to see in this game some problems for St. John's who they're they've been a roller coaster I'm, I mean honestly they they've been really good in some games like you mentioned the the 20 point smashing of uh of Marquette and really bad in other games but they Marquette's been extremely good against the spread they're a team they're in the top 10 yet nobody's talking about Marquette as a contender I actually like Marquette uh if we're going to put the number at around eight yeah, and uh, you hit on a lot of the big points. You're right, St. John's. I mean, I can't, and it's a lean for Marquette for me. I don't have a good feel or vibe, and sometimes that's important when you're handicapping these teams. I just don't have a good pulse. I faded St. John's in the Creighton game. What they do, I mean, they absolutely hammered Creighton. Then I thought, you know, man, over the weekend, 17 points is a lot to give up to St. John's who's traditionally given Duke a lot of problems. I know Duke's by by far and away the best team in the country, but give me 17 with St. John's, and then lo and behold, St. <laughs> John's loses by 30. So I think the more trustworthy team is Marquette, especially from a motivational aspect. St. John's back, actually third straight road game for the Johnnies. Marquette with that revenge in mind for them. And you're right. I don't think there's a team in this country, and I'm actually going to let Sleepy jump in a little bit here. He was all over Marquette. Yeah, get your mic ready, Sleepy. Hey, you're the one that got me on Marquette a couple weeks ago. Uh, Marquette is just not getting a lot of love in, in the media. This is a team that is 16-1 in their last 17 games straight up. They're 13-3-1 and one against the number, and Sleepy just last week, well, could you get Marquette in the future odds. Yeah, Marquette was uh, eighty to one. I think it was about a week ago. We did our show on Saturday night, uh, straight out of Vegas show, and then it dropped to like sixty-five to one two days later. Now fifty to one. So I'm starting to think Marquette has no value left. Uh, I think we got after that one on time. Yeah, eighty to one for a team ranked in the top ten. Uh, not that Marquette's going to win the national title, 
But at 80 to 1, you don't need a team to win the national title to make money off that ticket. You just need them to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. From what I've seen from Marquette so far, I think this team's uh, perfectly capable. Uh, again, both guys, uh, me and AJ, and, and again, I'm Brad Powers. He's AJ Hoffman. This is a college basketball dream preview edition. Both leans on Marquette. Any closing thoughts uh, on this one or just generally speaking it, about the Eagles? I'm actually going to be a like on Marquette. Oh, a and, like? And okay. Yeah, a like from me on Marquette. One of the other things I, I wanted to mention is Marquette's motivated. They, they, this is a team who they've got a chance to win the Big East for the first time since 2012-13. Villanova's won four of the last five years, winning the Big East maybe not as big of a deal to them as it is to Marquette, who's won it one time in their history. So uh, I, I think Marquette realizes they're the only team in that conference other than Villanova, that has a chance to win the regular season title. I think they're going to make a big push for it. I think you're going to see a motivated Marquette down the stretch. And do you agree with me that, I, you know, normally when you got a team on, on this big of a hot run, you start to see some price inflation. I'm When I'm doing my power rings and, and just looking at the overall market, I'm not seeing it on a game-in and game-out basis with Marquette. Are you seeing the same? Uh, you're not seeing it. And I think – Probably the reason why, and, and we'll pull the curtain back a little bit, and I think that it's it's one of the things that sharp people use and that, you know, Joe's use by this point is Ken Palm. And if you look at Ken Palm, they've still got Marquette hovering around outside the top 25 uh, in, in adjusted EM. And, and I think most teams are going to look at that and say, oh, this is not a very efficient team. How good can they be? And I think that they're better than that. I think they should be rated higher than that. And I, I think that maybe you're, you're, until they get bumped up in that metric, I think maybe you will continue to see some value on Marquette. I agree. And keep in mind, the, the one I love, Kempom, use Kempom. I think anyone that wants to do this seriously, it's not the, it has to the end all, but it's a good starting base. Just go to KenBomb.com. I mean, if you're just looking at offensive and defensive efficiency ratings, strength of schedule, tempo, it's a good if if you're looking at college basketball handicapping 101. I would argue the source that drives the numbers more than anything is Kempom. Where it's not the end all is a lot of times if there's certain spots where a team was playing without one of their best players or, or because of injury. That's the one weakness. And keep in mind, Marcus Howard, one of the best players, uh, not only for Marquette, their best player, but one of the better players in the country, missed a few games. Uh, so keep that in mind. And again, we talked Kansas State earlier. You know, Kansas State's a team that's not very well thought of as far as Ken Palm, right around number 38. Keep in mind, that's a full season power rating. Doesn't necessarily take into consideration how good the team is right now, completely healthy. So that's my only, uh, I would say, well, one of the only qualms I have uh, are beefs uh, with Ken Palm ratings, but definitely a great source uh, of info. So a like, a like on Marquette from AJ. Any closing thoughts? I think one more thing to consider with Marquette is part of why maybe they're being overlooked is because the Big East is down, like I mentioned before. It's Villanova, Marquette, and then it's just a bunch of of so-so teams. But remember Marquette in the non-conference portion of the season. They've got wins over Louisville, Kansas State, and Wisconsin, uh, and Buffalo, all which look like pretty good wins at this point. So I, I think Marquette continues to be undervalued. I think they may continue to be undervalued all the way through the uh, until tournament time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, on Marquette. A team I think you could still, even though they're on a hot run, can still make more money than not if you're uh, taking this team throughout the course of February and into March. 
moving along here. Uh, we're up to Wednesday now. And again, uh, when it comes to the college basketball dream preview, the Monday morning edition will cover all college basketball games, the big games, Monday through Thursday. And then the Friday morning edition is going to get you set for the weekend, guys. Again, I'm Brad Powers. He's A.J. Hoffman. Moving along, Wednesday, big game in the SEC this week, number 19 LSU, fresh off that loss against Arkansas over the weekend. They're traveling to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. Mississippi State's going to be the slight favorite here. I'm right around three or four, as long as there's not too big of an overreaction to, to what we saw over the weekend. And I'll lead it off here. I, I don't have too much on this one, just a lean on Mississippi State. Because a lot of times when a team has a long winning streak like LSU had, LSU had won 10 straight games until that big upset loss against Arkansas. Sometimes that carries over to the next game. We saw when Michigan lost uh, against Wisconsin on the road, followed it up. Uh, with a near outright upset loss against Minnesota. I see this more often than not. It's not something you want to blindly play on, but but I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a hangover for LSU uh, after having their 10-game winning streak. Keep in mind, an LSU team that's exceeded by all expectations so far this year. Mississippi State, on the other hand, big win against their rival Ole Miss. Ole Miss beats them at home in their building earlier the year. Mississippi State then goes into Ole Miss's building, pulls the outright upset. Uh, just a slight lean for Mississippi State, minus the three is the line projection for me. What say you, AJ? Uh, I'm going to go disagreement on that. I, I actually like LSU if I'm if I'm getting three points. Uh, Mississippi State, uh, two and one straight up and against the spread at home since since they've gotten into conference. LSU three zero oh, and one on the road, uh, wins as a dog at Ole Miss and at Arkansas. The Arkansas loss was really a head-scratcher to me. I, and that was a frustrating loss because they had a couple chances to win that game at the end. But they they started so so far down uh, at halftime that it was tough for them to even get back in the game. But they did because they've got superior talent. Uh, Mississippi State, top 25 strength of schedule going in, which is one of the things that, that actually keeps me from liking LSU in this. Uh, one th- that w- A thing that makes me like LSU, LSU plays nine guys. Mississippi State usually around seven and LSU prefers an up-tempo game. Uh, so who controls the game is is what's going to be a key factor here. Mississippi State, 4-4 four and four straight up since conference play started. I think maybe Mississippi State, State's a little bit overvalued in the market, and I've kind of thought all year long LSU was a little undervalued. Uh, I actually like the fact that Mississippi State's coming off a big win and LSU's coming off a loss. I'm going to lean LSU with this game. And, you know, one thing that, that I've seen from Mississippi State, at least they've been a little bit like most teams better at home, 13-2 and two at home so far this season. Uh, coming off their last home win uh, was a big one over Auburn. Uh, again, nothing big disagreement here. Again, just a lean on Mississippi State for me. Uh, I just I, – I, it's tough for me because I don't have a lot, lot on this game. And I'll tell you guys, if you don't think A.J. – again, I'm going to mention this several times. So far, A.J.'s been the star of this show. If you don't think this guy has all the college knowledge when it comes to hoops, listen to the last couple handicaps by, by A.J. Hoffman. I might actually be an underdog uh, in this go-around <laughs> right now. i got to pick up my game, guys. Uh, any closing thoughts on that one, or just a, you're set with uh, taking a lean on the Tigers? Yeah, I'm, I'm just set with that. I'm, I'm not crazy about that game either. That's a tough one. I, I do think it's a good it's a good measuring stick for both teams. And we're kind of going to, we're going to know a lot more about both those teams going forward after this one. Yeah. And I think both, uh, I mean, it's at this point, unless they really fade down the stretch, it'd be a good, nice, uh, you know, resume builder for an NCAA tournament uh, resume. Cause both teams right now, clearly above the cut line when it comes to, to getting into the tournament, moving along in this one, we might not have anything. We'll see 
uh, key injury for Nebraska, and we'll see if that continues to move forward for them. But I'm uh, moving along to the Big Ten on Wednesday, number 21, Maryland, at a very struggling Nebraska team here. Uh, this line might be a little – I'm projecting Nebraska three, but, again, it's going to depend on their forward, Isaac Copeland. He's been out the last two games. Uh, he's averaged right around 14 points per game. Uh, for them, he's their second-leading scorer in Nebraska. You talk about struggling. Last five games, Nebraska's been 0-5. and 0-5 for the Huskers. And keep in mind, this is the only Power 5 team to never win an NCAA tournament game in Nebraska. I mean, they've barely been in the tournament, let alone win a game. Never won an NCAA tournament game. And right now, the Huskers are not going to make the NCAA tournament this year. I mean, just with what they're doing so far, their current resume would have on the outside looking in. We wouldn't have said that a month ago. We thought uh, for sure Nebraska would be one of those teams. But uh, I know, AJ, you've had, um, or maybe not so much, a good pulse on Nebraska. They, they burned you quite a few times so far this season. They burned me a lot earlier. In fact, this this is my best bet of, of the week is going to be Maryland plus you three here. Music that's for in, indeed the number. Hold on. We got to get some music for you. Again, we don't edit here on this uh, Dream Preview. You got, do you got some music ready for AJ? I'm a winner, not a loser. Hey, you can't go wrong with Rick Flair. Yeah, the 16-time yeah. world champ. Go ahead. And best, there... best bet for you. I didn't introduce you. Well, best bet of the week, at least from Monday through Thursday, AJ Hoffman. Go. You're a winner, not a loser. Yeah, no Isaac Copeland. Uh, they actually confirmed yesterday ACL out for the season, which means his his career at Nebraska is done. And Nebraska's already a team that was sort of borderline on how many Big Ten quality players they had to begin with. I would have given them about four. Now they've got three. And like you mentioned, not only is he their second leading scorer, but he also averages five and a half rebounds per game, and he's their second leading shot blocker. Uh, Maryland? Third in the nation in rebounding margin. I, I'm guessing Nebraska is going to try the zone that they played uh, in the game in the first game at Maryland, which was a 72-74 Maryland win. Uh, it, it was relatively effective. It could have been worse, but since that game, I mean, Nebraska's just gone downhill. One seven and one against the spread in conference play. Zero oh, and four against the spread at home. And Nebraska's got what what most people consider one of the better home court advantages in the country. It's not been the case, at least against the spread. Uh, and I think you're going to continue to see them be a little bit overvalued at home. Maryland 5-3-1 and one against the spread in conference. Bruno Fernando uh, and, and Jalen Smith, two of their key players, are front court guys, which makes the Isaac, or, uh, the Isaac Copeland loss even bigger. Uh, Fernando, uh, Fernando's averaging a double-double, 15-10. and 10. He's a 67% shooter from the field. Nebraska has no one inside to slow him down. Uh, I think that's going to be problematic for Nebraska. My best bet, Maryland plus three. Yeah, and, and you know, plus three, we'll, we'll see. But I think you're, at the very least you're going to get, the, you know, Maryland plus some kind of money there. Uh, Maryland plus points is my best yeah, bet. Yeah, plus about that? points, yeah. So, uh, I, you know what? You sold me. Uh, you know, it was kind of a pass for me, but uh, it push comes to shove. And when you got a handicap like that, uh, lean for me. I'm not, no disagreement for me. No, no bet. And we might, we, we haven't had one yet, uh, but, but those of you that are used to the dream preview, whenever you hear this sound, that means we got a bet, <laughs> but I can tell you on this one, we don't have a bet. Best bet for AJ Maryland plus the points and a lean for me also on the Terps fading a cold, cold Nebraska team. <laughs> Looks like there's no end in sight. Any closing thoughts there? Are you moving along to Thursday? But I'm ready to get on to Thursday. 
All right, moving along to Thursday, the Pac-12, the weakest, the, not only football, but basketball, the weakest Power 5 conference. Important matchup, though, coming up on Thursday, the Red Hot Huskies, Washington. They're at Arizona. AJ, I'll let you lead this one off. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because Arizona, it, it's a good spot for them, and they're finally getting Chase Jeter back and into the mix, and obviously they've been sort of a disaster without him. And Arizona's now in the same bag as Arizona State and USC as teams that are trying to be a, a second bid from this conference. I mean, obviously, uh, what an embarrassment it would be for the Pac-12 to have just one team in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. That would be, uh, it, I mean, it, it would be pretty odd, I would say. But there's no one who's really stepped up to show that they deserve it. Arizona's starting to get there. And, and then they lose four out of five without without uh, Chase Jeter, who's obviously a key factor for them. As he comes back, though, now Brandon Williams is hurt, and and this is a he's their third leading scorer. He plays 30 minutes a game. This is a key guy for them. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but without him, the guy running the point, I don't feel great about betting on this Arizona team. It looked like a good spot for them. But I'm still just not sold. I, I, Washington may just be the clear, only decent team in this conference. It's going to be a pass for me. If I had to, I would lean Arizona. But w- without without Brandon Williams, I don't want to play this game. Yeah, good point there. And, and uh, you know, t- on the other side, Washington, you mentioned that this might be the only team that, that makes a Pac-12. Right now, maybe Washington and Arizona State would be it two bid league uh, for, for the Pac-12 this year, uh, so it's a it's a conference that's up against it, and it's an Arizona State team that almost lost at home to Arizona in their in their last game. Huskies been undervalued. They they were undervalued a little bit last season. They got a second year coach, Mike Hopkins. He comes over from Syracuse and has done a tremendous job. For those of you uh, that aren't following too much Pac-12 uh, basketball, you're missing out on a on a pretty good story here. Eleven straight wins for the Huskies, nine straight covers. And again, similar to Marquette, I don't think you're paying that much of a premium. In fact, last couple of games, home games for Washington, market was against them against UCLA and USC. What's Washington do? Take care of business, win and cover both games. And, and those lines came down. So again, if you're looking for a red hot team that you're not necessarily paying a premium on, like a Kentucky, which you'll be paying a premium on after the Wildcats have got going, Washington might be your team. But like AJ mentioned, not the best spot for Washington. I mean, if Arizona's going to rally the troops, circle the wagons, it'd be this one. Arizona's coming off a three-game road trip where they lost three straight. They did get Jeter back. Should have probably, well, at least, at the very least, covered against Arizona State. I mean, for anyone that had the Wildcats in that game, uh, my sympathies go out to you. The only reason you didn't cover is because the game went to overtime. The thing that's been troubling for me and for a lot of Pac-12 teams is, you know, I mentioned the new coach, Mike Hopkins, from Syracuse. Man, it just seems like these Pac-12 teams just aren't adjusting to the zone defense very well. Washington's got a top-20 defense, and they've been on lockdown mode, particularly at home against these Pac-12 teams. So because of the spot, I'll lean with Arizona, but only a lean only. It's it's tough fading this red-hot Washington team. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it's not a play for me. I, in fact, it's a game I'm, I've got little interest in other than seeing how Arizona looks with without Williams. Yeah, and uh, you know, a game that I think you might have more interest, or at least, well, heck, I can't say that you haven't had deep sight, deep knowledge into all these games so far that we've done. But I know a game that's going to be relatively close to where you broadcast from. 
five days a week. That'll be our next game. And again, uh, lean on Arizona and wrapping up uh, this one here. Lean on Arizona. If push comes to shove for AJ, I lean on Arizona for them. Not much value there on that Thursday night Pac-12 game. A game that might have more value, at least according to me, I think does. And I'm very anxious to see if we're going to get some disagreement here. Moving along to Thursday, American Athletic Conference, the number 13th ranked Houston. Uh, The team that's right in the neck of woods for A.J. Hoffman is at UCF. Line will be close to pick. I'm expecting Houston that you're probably paying a little bit of premium because, what, they're 21-1 and straight up at this point. 21-1. Yeah, 21-1. and So I'm thinking public dollars pushes them to a slight favorite here. I'm on the other side, though. I like UCF plus the one. I think it's not a great spot for Houston. They're off a big-time revenge game with Temple. This is an important game for the conference, but they have Cincinnati, the team, the flag bearer of the conference for the last several years, on deck. And I can't get over the fact that, you know, Houston – on the road this year, I mean, they got some nice wins. You know, BYU and non-conference play, I think Oklahoma State. But I think this is their toughest road test of the season so far. At Cincinnati later in the year, will uh, be by far their toughest. But right now to this point, UCF might be their toughest road game. We saw Houston in their only loss struggle against a Temple team. And, and I'm worried about the length issue here. Average height for UCF, obviously with Taco Fall and whatnot, top 10 in the country in terms of average height. Houston's well below average in that area. I like UCF plus uh, the one here. Pick them. Buy price for me would actually be, you know, if you're getting anything, UCF minus one or or dog for me. Uh, I'll take the Golden Knights, but uh, I'm anxious to hear the guy that's, you know, talking Houston basketball five days a week. What say you, AJ? Yeah, this one's tough for me because I've uh, made the mistake of, of fading uh, UH a couple times and, and they've burned me. I, I mean, that's a team that every time I think that they're going to, they're going to run into some trouble. They've, they've kind of worked their way around it. Um, they, they did struggle a little bit uh, against temple uh, in the, in the, in the revenge game that they, that they got. But here's the thing about UCF is as good as they are. And, and they're sort of in that cream of the crop of the AAC Houston, Cincinnati, central Florida temple, and maybe to a lesser extent, Memphis, South Florida, I mean, the, the the good teams in that conference have given UCF some trouble. Uh, I mean, Memphis just just destroyed UCF uh, last week. Uh, go back to the Temple game, a home game. It was a, a four or five point win for Temple. And UCF's also got that weird loss at Wichita where Wichita couldn't beat anybody and then suddenly just came in and, and stomped UCF. So I'm not sure what UCF is, especially after that Memphis game. And then they struggled to beat UConn, and UConn's that's kind of one of the free squares in the AAC these days. Uh, so I, I'm I'm a lean on UCF because, like you said, the spot lines up and says UCF is the right sign. But UCF has not proven to be a team to me that takes advantage of these spots. So it's only a lean, not a like. Uh, and I, I just don't want to be on the wrong side of UH again. Um, it, it, that's a, that's that's kind of my my fear of getting deep on this game. Big picture, Houston. Uh, obviously, you know, came up a little short in the NCAA tournament because uh, you know, get face a Michigan team that got hot and hit a last right. second shot for them. This year, uh, you know, big picture, Houston. Uh, you know, what's you know, how do they compare to last year, and how far can this team go? I mean, gaudy record, twenty-one and one straight up. Is this a Sweet Sixteen caliber team? If the breaks fall right, can they Elite Eight, Final Four? Uh, what What are you seeing with the Cougars? You know, it's tough. I, it, it's it's tough because the AAC is is a tough conference, and for them to be 
a Sweet 16 team, I, I think they're probably going to need to be a top three or four seed, which I, if, if they run the table, that, that's entirely possible. I don't know that they're going to run the table. I think there, there's a lot lined up against them uh, to do that. As far as comparing this team to last year's team, I'll tell you they're they're better versus expectations uh, than the, this team was last year. So this team, I didn't expect them to be as good as they have been, you know, without Rob Gray, and they've proven me wrong. So they've got, they've got a lot of talent here. I think Armani Brooks is going to be the kind of he's going to, he's kind of the guy who if they're going to go anywhere, he's going to really have to to continue to step up and and carry the load with this team. But they're a pretty deep team, and and they I think that they are a, a second weekend kind of team. Fair enough. And my point uh, would be, yeah, I think they're legitimate. It's not like one of these teams. Are they number thirteen in the country? Good, no. But I do in my own power ranks. I have Houston as a top twenty-five team. So it's not like uh, one of these instances where uh, you know UCF in football had a gaudy record, and I didn't even have them in right. uh, twenty-five straight wins. I didn't even have them in my top ten. And when they lost their quarterback, I didn't even have them in my top twenty-five, top thirty. So I don't think it's uh, that kind of disparity. But I agree with you. I, I think this team's perfectly capable of getting to the second weekend. Uh, uh, but you know, when you look at the overall strength of the conference. Uh, it's never going to wow you. Uh, I just outside of Cincinnati and Houston, uh, it's kind of tough when you're looking at, at judging ske- strength of schedule this time of year, especially when, when now we're starting to get to the point where a majority of the games you have played uh, are in the conference. Early on the season, all about the non-conference, and it's easy to evaluate teams. Just go to Ken Palm and look at uh, non-conference uh, strength of schedule. When it comes in conference play later in the year, it's a little tough to to adjust to that. So a little insider information from a guy that. You know, talk to you some basketball five days a week. I'm glad we got that game in there. Again, recapping, like for me on UCF, just a lean for AJ on UCF. Again, uh, went through, those are the big games of the week, Monday through Thursday. Uh, we'll get to another topic here, but just recapping best bets. Best bet for me, Kansas State. Uh, expect that line to be close to pick. Kansas State may be a slight favorite there. That is the best bet for me, Brad Powers, Kansas State. And best bet. For AJ, I'll let you say it again, bud. Yeah, Maryland. If uh, by price is going to be Maryland plus anything, but I, if I'm, we talked about this before. I think the the expected line should be around Maryland plus three, maybe plus two. Uh, but yeah, I like Maryland getting points in that game is my best bet. All right, and we're just going to move to a quick topic now. Normally, again, this is a work in progress. This is an inaugural podcast uh, for, here for the Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. And, uh, you know, moving along, we'll hit some topics, who's hot, who's not, injuries and whatnot. A lot of times we're getting into a lot of these topics, uh, individual game specific. But one that I, since a lot of people are now going to be fully transitioning over from football to basketball with the Super Bowl getting done, just a quick futures update here and a couple quick notes here. And I'll let AJ uh, talk uh, whenever he wants to jump in here. But number one team. Not necessarily in the polls. That's Tennessee in the AP poll. But number one team clearly head and shoulders when it comes to Vegas is the Duke Blue Devils, plus 175 right now. Put that in perspective. Historically speaking, last 10 years or so, there's only been one team this time of year, one team, that's it, in the last decade that's had shorter odds, a bigger favorite to win the national title than this year's Duke team. It was that 2015 Kentucky team that started the year 38-0 before they ended up dropping a close game to Wisconsin in the Final Four. So Duke, plus 175. AJ, any thoughts on the Blue Devils? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously fantastic, and, and Williamson's obviously a, a, a special talent. And 
you know, when you get down to their, their third best player would be the best player on a lot of teams. But again, when you've got these young teams, sometimes un- unless you're getting real value, the futures prices sort of get out of whack. And that's kind of my thought with Duke. And honestly, if I'm looking at futures at this point, it's almost Duke versus the field. And I, I see a lot of teams in the field with some value. I don't think there's any value left in that in that Duke uh, number because they just don't feel like the team that's been consistently dominant all year. You mentioned that 2015 Kentucky team that just rolled through everybody. Yep. I mean, Duke is is they're losing games. I mean, obviously talented, uh, and obviously should be better come come March than they are now. That's what young teams tend to do. But I just think at plus 175, there's just no meat left on that bone. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, this is an important uh, concept, AJ, bring that up. Uh, not a lot of value in the futures market. When and Keep in mind, bookies are bad. They overprice things, especially the futures market. When you can't bet the no, like I'd love to bet. You got plus 175. I'll, I'll lay the no minus 200 uh, that Duke For won't sure. win the title. Uh, keep in mind things that you can't bet the no on you're paying a premium. And I think AJ brought up a good point there as far as, and there's uh, some of the books are getting creative and they'll probably get more creative now with football getting over a lot of Duke versus the field props. I agree with AJ. Give me the field in that one. I wouldn't be afraid to, to, to lay some coin there on the no moving along here. And we'll do these a little bit more quickly. Uh, we're coming up near an hour. I think we had a good pace for this first one. Uh, Michigan state, a team that's going to be dropping, but right now in the future odds, Sparty, at least coming into the week, seven to one. Uh, but the uh, team that just got done losing back to back games, a very disappointing performance against Indiana on Saturday. Langford's going to be out for the season, but they've been playing, you know, last seven, eight games without him. So that wasn't a big loss there. Uh, you know, not much value as far as the future markets goes with Michigan State, but I'll tell you this there's not many teams coming off back to back losses that I'd rather play on. I looked this up last night. Michigan State, since uh, right around 2000, off back-to-back losses. Third game, uh, trying to avoid that three-game losing streak. They've hit about 61% against the spread, so not too shabby there. Any concerns that you have about Sparty, AJ? No, I mean, other than, I mean, when you talk about futures, I think without Josh Langford, now that they've finally announced, and Larry Izzo did a a masterful job of tiptoeing around that subject for about a week before finally just saying, yeah, he's done for the year. Uh, I think without him... The odds of them winning, you know, that that championship go go way down. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd have them in my top five as far as futures uh, after that news. But but like you said, coming off back to back losses, it's it's hard to bet against that team. And now that that news is public, that Langford's done for the season, I think maybe you'll see the public sort of adjust what their expectations are for Michigan State. You may actually be able to get some value on Sparty in the coming days. Yeah, and I agree. And yeah, get him now because uh, you, you pay a premium on Michigan State come March uh, with Izzo's uh, track record. Uh, Gonzaga right around the same uh, pricing point when it comes to future seven to one for the Zags, who I have power rating and I'm I'm fine with this. I got them number two in the country. I know they they lost to Tennessee that game. You know, Tennessee hit a couple threes in the final minute of that one. Otherwise, Gonzaga would have a win over Duke and a win over Tennessee. The other loss for the Zags, you know, tough spot to, to win at North Carolina. That was really their only bad performance of the season. Last 11 games for the Zags. How about this? Average win. This isn't football, guys. This is basketball by 35 points per game. We're not talking the Crimson Tide and non-conference action. Gonzaga, last 11 games, 35 point per game margin of victory and an average favorite right around 26. 
Zags didn't cover against San Diego, but prior to that had covered eight of their previous 10. It's an impressive team that's now pretty healthy, and it looks like they got a chip on their shoulder. What do you think? What's Gonzaga, let's say, AJ, compared to, to maybe the team that went to the national championship game a couple years ago? Is this team just as good as that one? I think they are. I think they might be better. And it's it's tough to tell because the WCC is is such a, a mess. But when you think about teams that have been typically good in, in the in the West Coast, it's been Gonzaga, it's been St. Mary's, it's been Santa Clara. They beat Santa Clara, their two games, combined by 101 points. I mean, they are so far ahead of, of everyone else in this conference that it, it's just – it's almost laughable. And you, we talked on our show – uh, about BYU, and that was a game at BYU, yeah. and I want to say Gonzaga was a 22-point favorite. And I was like, you know, on paper it seems like, oh, this is an easy spot to play BYU, but I don't want to get in the way of that train right now. And sure enough, they go to BYU and win by 30 points. They are just a force right now. And we won't really know what they are until we get them in the tournament. It's going to be – we're going to have to go off what we saw – like you said, in the Tennessee, the the North Carolina, the Washington, the Duke games, which, I mean, there's some some really stiff competition in there, and I think that's why they're getting the respect that they are, but they're not going to be tested again in conference. They, they are yeah. just too talented and, and just too much, too much for these other West Coast Conference teams to handle. So I expect them to continue to roll. I don't know if I'm going to be betting on Gonzaga much going forward, and at least until March, because the numbers are going to be so huge. But I'm definitely not going to be looking to bet against that team. Couldn't agree more. And the BYU game there laying 14-22 was the line that Gonzaga just laid against San Diego over the weekend. But oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, 14. I mean, are you kidding me? That that looks cheap now. And, you know, on your show, I actually leaned BYU. I don't hide anything here. <laughs> that one I took on the chin a little bit. And, you know, West Coast Conference is weak. But it's actually, I would say, as balanced as it's been in the last decade as far as having maybe four or five top 100 teams. It hurts St. Mary's is down a little bit this year. Usually a team that, that's top 25, top 30 caliber, not necessarily the case there. A couple more teams here, and then we're going to wrap up the podcast. Good first edition here. A.J. Hoffman, I'm Brad Powers. Uh, Virginia, 8-1, to one, a team that continues to make money hand over fist, although back-to-back non-covers for uh, Virginia still, one of the more profitable teams in the country this year, one of the most profitable teams in the last five or six years if you're betting them on a game-in and game-out basis. I have Virginia 3. Uh, they're right around you know fourth when it comes to future odds. I think there's a little bit of anti-Virginia money out there when it comes to the futures at 8-1 to one because they remember not only what they saw last year for Virginia being the first number one seed to lose to a 16, but just Virginia, despite this great run, still hasn't made the Final Four yet. What are you seeing different uh, this year? I think I know the answer. Uh, Virginia this year compared to past editions. I mean, the, the answer is obvious. In the past, this has been a team that's gotten by on being a, a lockdown, shutdown defensive team. This year, they are not just a, a a decent offensive team. They're an elite offensive team. Uh, I, I think that maybe people are still going by on what their reputation is more than what they're actually seeing with their eyes and what the numbers will tell you this year, that, that Virginia can score with just about anybody as well as continuing to be one of the top two or three defensive units in the country. Yeah, and, and we, we mentioned Ken Palm earlier in the podcast Going through it, he's got, you know, archived ratings all the way back to 2002. 
and I was looking at it last week. This is the the, the best, and he's got offensive adjusted offensive efficiency numbers. Not to get too deep, but it basically is what would you average points per 100 possessions? And right now, Virginia's offense. We're taping this on Sunday. Number five in the country, adjusted offensive efficiency. That would be Virginia's best offense in what we call the Ken Palm era, going back since 2002. By far, Virginia's best offense. AJ hit the nail on the head there. This year's Virginia team has some offensive skill position talent, and that's been the, the, the when it comes to March. These other teams, Duke, North Carolina, can hit that extra gear. Virginia hasn't, even though they've been remarkably consistent uh, throughout the course of a regular season. And you can bring that defense uh, travels better than offense does in college basketball. But the fact that Virginia has an offense now, very scary team that uh, yeah, I think hasn't gotten enough uh, credit, at least nationally. Eight to one's fine. I don't think there's value there. But on a game-in and game-out basis, Virginia's been quite profitable. Well, Virginia, for me, we we I, we – so we're going basically off your power rankings, which are up on uh, pregame.com. But I have Virginia as my number one team. Oh, and you do? Not, uh, yeah, no, no, no disrespect to Duke. I, I think they're very good. But uh, to me, Virginia's earned that spot, uh, again, being as elite as they are offensively. And as good as their defense has been the last couple of years, their defense this year, at least uh, from a number standpoint, is better. So I, I think maybe people are overlooking Virginia. I'm not crazy about the 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 futures number on them, and it, you know if I if I do decide to get some of them, it'll be in sort of a uh, a, a mechanical parlay throughout the tournament. But and because I'm not sure how this how this will translate to March, but right now I like Virginia quite a bit. Yeah, and, and we're gonna find out. I'm looking at schedule. I think that they host. We'll know. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll know. And I think it's gonna be a good. You got to factor in the revenge. Uh, for Virginia and just lost by, by a couple of points against Duke just uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it'll be interesting because Duke, uh, you know, played without their guard, who I think is worth a couple of points, one of the better point guards in, in the country. Uh, you know what? We didn't have a bet on here. So I got – all right, What? give me the line, and we'll, we'll have a friendly bet here. What What do you think? You got Virginia number one, and, and again, then we'll have this game. We'll break it down in great detail on the next podcast that will be coming your way on Friday morning. What do you think that line's going to be this upcoming Saturday? Arguably one of the top games of the year, Duke at Virginia. My guess it's going to be a pick em, uh at Virginia. Pick'em? Well, come on. <laughs> if you got Virginia. <laughs> what, what are you thinking? Well, I'm I mean, not if, telling you what I would put it. I'm telling you what I think the line will be. Oh, okay. Well, no. What would you make the line? And then I'll bet against your line. How about that? Oh, I don't want to. Well, that's <laughs> no, dumb okay. of me. Well, I'll take, a, I'll take your, so you're saying I'm, I'm Virginia the one. minus five or so? No, no, I wouldn't go that far. I think it, it, it's pro- my mine's probably Virginia minus three. I mean, it's so slight. My okay. power rankings All having right, uh, Virginia so over Duke. The, I mean, when the green button gets involved and we got cash going, you see what AJ did there, Sleepy? Well, answer me this: how much <laughs> how much of a difference do you have between Virginia and Duke in your rating? Yeah, it's wow. He just came over the top. See, see, that's that MMA experience. I thought I had him up against it, and he came over the top. Because right, I'm looking me. at you. You've got yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got less than a point less difference a point. in yours. Less and that's about what I've got. Yeah. I just have them flipped. So it's it's not a lot of difference between those Fair two enough. teams. I was just waiting. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll say this. Uh, at Pickham, I'm all over, all over Virginia. I think Virginia, though, is going to come probably at least a two- or three-point favorite. I'll be stunned. I'll tell you, I'll have one of my bigger bets of the year. If that game opens pick on the overnights, and, again, we'll talk about more about this game on Friday, but it is going to be the biggest college basketball game of the year, at least one of them. Uh, Virginia probably three, I think, is a fair number. Public will probably want to bet Duke. 
but uh, no doubt. That's why I think that's why I think it'll close. If anything, I think it'll close under one and a half, one and a half okay. or less. So yeah, I, yeah, we if, can make I'm, a bet. You, you think say, it'll close under one and a half? I'll bet you on that. You could take. Uh, yeah, I think I'll tell you what. You take two or less. I, I, and you'll I, take. Fi- uh, yeah, I'll take anything above two. How's that? Okay, I'll, t- I'll take that. All right. So we got a bet. Hold on. That's a bet. There we go. There we go. We had to get one. It wouldn't be a had to get one without a bet. <laughs> Looking forward to that. One. Although I'll say, I mean, I do. I, I'll probably have a ticket on Virginia uh, come this upcoming weekend. And then finally, and we'll wrap up the podcast here. It's been a good first edition. AJ's hit, hit it out of the park here. Uh, the number one team in the country as far as the AP poll, Tennessee. Not necessarily in the futures. The, the volunteers getting a little disrespected, although when it comes to a power rating, I don't think so much. Volunteers 10 to 1. A uh, couple of uh, good victories for them here recently. Uh, well, what's the upside of this Tennessee team? I mean, clearly, I don't think anyone that's doing power ratings has them number one like the AP poll, but I'm anxious. Where do you have Tennessee, AJ? Eh, they're probably uh, probably around four now because uh, I've, I've bumped Michigan State down a yep. little bit. Uh, I, I've got I've got Tennessee and North Carolina sort of in that in that same range. Uh, I, I think I, I think they've got a great coach in Rick Barnes. Uh, I, I actually worked in Austin uh, and and covered the Longhorns for a long time, and I, I believe that Rick is a, a really undervalued coach. And, and I think when Texas moved on from him, it wasn't because he was bad. It was just they just needed a new voice in there, and he's been perfect for Tennessee. Uh, I'd like to see them be a little bit better defensively. And the other thing is, when we talk about some of these other teams, when we talk about Duke and North Carolina, uh, teams that have really been tested, Michigan State have really been tested in the non-conference and and in their conference play. Tennessee's strength of schedule, while it's, I mean, it's top 50 in the country, but it's not, it's not top 10, top 12 like some of these other top-tier schools are. So I, I think people are looking at them kind of the same way they're looking at Gonzaga, uh, and and maybe to a lesser extent, a team like Virginia Tech who they're, they're, well, let's wait and see until they, they really get into the meat of some of these big games that they're going to play. Then we'll decide what we really think of uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, and it was a team that, you know, I'm kicking myself. Uh, you know, I think they were like 40 to 1 Tennessee coming in the season. I mean, here's a team that, that just, you know, had hard luck against uh, Loyola Chicago last year, lost in the last second in the tournament and returned almost everyone from a year ago. I still think Kentucky has more upside than them in the SEC. I still think uh, when it's all said and done, Kentucky's the team to beat. But, you know, I, I'm not th- that far down on Tennessee. I think they're legit. They get a good draw in the NCAA tournament. I could see them definitely going to the Final Four. That's going to pretty much do it here. A little over an hour uh, for, for Brad Powers, A.J. Hoffman. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, at A.J. is the real. You can get his picks up at pregame now. And why the hell wouldn't you after listening to him break down these games? I think I'm going to buy a package for Pete's sake, man. Maybe I, I need to know a little bit more. Any closing thoughts on the first college basketball dream podcast, AJ? No, man. I'm excited to be doing this. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to see it. See how we grow it, and and you know maybe we'll figure out some of the music stuff, and yeah, it, I'll stop bumbling and fumbling myself, <laughs> and we should uh, we should get this thing going. Yeah, guys, and again, work in progress. Feel free to to, to tweet at AJ at AJ is the real or me Brad Powers at Brad Powers the number seven. That's at Brad Powers the number seven. Any suggestions that you guys might have on how we can improve this? Uh, we can do it. And again, you can find the podcast. Good job, Sleepy. Uh, RJ is going to be tweeting this out at RJ in Vegas. Uh, if you want to follow along with the, uh, the, the podcast, it's going to be right up. If you're already a dream podcast subscriber, 
you're going to get that in, in your feed whenever we upload that on, on Monday morning. And again, tweet us uh, some of the suggestions you might have. AJ's right. It's not going to be as dry. We'll have a lot more music beds. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Are you, uh, I'm a big Ric Flair guy. And so is RJ. Uh, you know, I might have a lot more wrestling drops coming your way. Do we have a couple? Machos? I, I'm a, uh, my favorite wrestler is Andre the Giant, but right. uh, I don't know how I don't know how much he has to say. It's, yeah, that, a yeah. bunch of a bunch of grunts and, and screams, <laughs> but I'll take it. You know what? There is one from that documentary, and we'll, we'll leave you with with this. This is how you go out. I don't know if you saw this. HBO did a documentary on Andre the Giant. Oh, and yes, there was I loved a segment, it. and even Vince McMahon was on there about how legendary the flatulence that Andre the Giant had. Did you see that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. YouTube flatulence man. and yes. flatulence and drinking. Yeah. legendary with Andre the Giant. Check that out. There'll be some shorter clips on YouTube. That is going to do it here as far as the College Basketball Dream Podcast. Again, he's AJ Hoffman. I'm Brad Powers. We'll talk to you next time. That'll be Friday morning. Subscribe to us. Take care. Enjoy your week.